0: For the sound of sensation across the nation. Listen to radio. Goodies.
1: Hello and welcome to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, episode 33, where we're covering the Stone Age. Quite a few alternative names for this one, uh, including Archaeologists, Dinosaur, Tyrannosaurus Rex, Potholing and Let's Go Potholing. First broadcast on the 29th of December, 1973, Saturday at five past eight in the evening. So right there on the Christmas break. And as always, I'm joined by my colleagues here. Richard and Tom. Hello, guys. Let's talk about the Stone Age. Yes. What did we think?
0: I'll be honest and say, I don't have really strong memories of this. I do remember seeing it when I was young. I don't know whether it was one the ABC. wasn't in their repeat run for a while. But uh, I do remember a bit, so Like I do remember the bit about the joke about Tim tucking his shirt into his underpants. It's not an episode I had really strong memories of. But having said that, we're watching it for this. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, look, it's funny you should say that because this is one of the ones that I most remember from my childhood. So I've got very strong memories of this. Being a favourite episode, and this is, I think, one good example of an episode where there's stuff in there that as a kid you can absolutely enjoy. There's some silliness, there's stuff with dinosaurs. Then there's a whole new level of jokes that as an adult, you watch it back and you get a whole different meaning out of. So I think it's a really good episode. This has been slated by fans over time, and I don't know why, but Tom, what did you think?
2: I think this is the first episode of The Goodies I Ever Saw. Uh, so going back into the mid 70s I uh, would have been about eight or nine when this hit australia uh, i recall this being on sort of a four o'clock time in okay. the afternoon during a weekday i was at a friend's place and he goes oh we need to stop having a play and come and watch the goodies and this is what i remember the dinosaur and that Set me on the path that I'm currently on,
0: and it's turned out forty odd years later you're here <laughs> sitting, sitting around here.
2: talking about. Well, I was a bit better than paying a psychiatrist, I suppose. Yes. Yeah, look, it is one of my favourites, and I think you know whether it's because it's this is what introduced the goodies to me, or I think there's just some really good stuff in this episode.
1: Yeah, I've, I think there's a lot to commend it. So we'll get into it. A couple of general observations before we start. The first comment that I've made in my notes on watching this is two words: weird costumes. Does anybody else just find it really odd watching,
0: particularly but Tim and have, Bill, yeah, all, all in red? Yeah, they have questions. This was filmed months after the rest of season four. Because season four was filmed as the second half of season three. Mm-hmm. And then they were hit with industrial action at the BBC. So the goodies in the nick and this were rescheduled. Now, I think goodies in the nick was only a couple of weeks. This, this was rescheduled for about five months. Wow. Um, yes, yeah, so they were filming sort of around June. And then this wasn't filmed until early November so it's it's months after the rest and in between they'd actually a cut a record and also written filmed and, and edited uh the goodies in the beanstalk so wow yeah
1: but uh, but yeah they're in costumes the like of which i don't think we've seen before or since it just just looks visually
0: weird no it was i don't think we see those costumes again uh, i mean i guess you can say probably with this it i can see why people might because it looks cheap it's all done in the studio there's obviously only really two sets, or I suppose three if you count the cave.
1: Well, I've noted how good a couple of those sets are. Like the set inside the stomach, I actually think is a very clever set.
0: Yeah, and it, it's look, it's well put together. But this is the first, really, of, of what you'd call probably the bottle or the elevator episodes. Yes. Where there's sort of, it's just them. There's nothing else. There's no external characters, people, appearances, yeah. nothing. It's a, just,
2: it's a, just
1: minim- a minimum of extra sets. Yep. Yep. So yeah, it looked very interesting. I mean, they're, they're the two points I wanted to do to start. It starts off, I wouldn't say slowly, but gently, because it's just them basically at home, chilling on an afternoon and indulging in their hobbies.
0: Yes, and immediately getting on each other's nerves. Yes,
1: but you do get there to see you know, a bit of that expression of what they enjoy to do, and perhaps reiterating the characters, because Graham goes and quietly reads a book, Bill wants to play footy, do music and birdwatch, Tim is perhaps the weird one there, because he wants to sort of tap dance and... And and do ping pong. Ping pong, which is, I guess, more about the gag than the character. But it's a good gag. (laughs) But I think it's all capped off by the fact they're making all this noise, and then Graham doesn't notice until they shout at him.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) And then introduces them to his new home entertainment set, which is just another example of Graham Garden doing a bit of prop jokes.
0: Yes, or a TV, a (laughs) gramophone, a piano, and a washing machine.
1: Yes. So that's good. He then basically sets up the episode... uh, with the line, I am into Neolithic man. Is that, Is that legal? legal? <laughs> <laughs> Which could be taken a couple of ways. <laughs> we won't explore that too much. But he then gets to set up the whole premise of the episode that it's all about what's underneath London. And... Interesting at this point, did either of you guys find Tim a bit annoying here?
2: Tim, I think, was the weakest character. in 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 this
0: one, I had a note here that a lot of the jokes they make they're fairly obvious jokes but they do get a laugh I mean there's a bit about you know if we were to dig under the post office tower it'd fall down
1: yeah look it's just those jokes particularly where Graham's getting onto a bit of a a run and Tim comes in with something that I don't want to use the word a name I think that's too strong the bit with a
0: birdcage
1: well the bit with a birdcage or or just yeah yeah, that stuff that just I thought detracted a bit from it like it just didn't feel needed but that's okay, because cause Graham then falls down a very obviously placed
0: hole. Yes, a conveniently <laughs> placed hole. Conveniently place.
1: placed hole. And he gives his arm a good whack on the way down, if you watch that. Yeah,
0: he does. And I mean, they apparently constructed the set. It was a two-level set. Well, it would have to have been. Uh, yeah, so they go down. The, the note I did have here, actually, about when they fall in, is where Tim does the head-first dive into the... That, that mm. is actually quite well done, considering yeah. he would have just been dropping down into mm. the second set. But mm. yes,
1: there's fur on the on the floor. Hide yes. what's obviously a slightly softer piece of. I think so. Or a trapdoor so or something. It's not
0: landing on the concrete floor of the studio. Yeah, but
1: but no, Graham does um, whack his arm quite hard yes. as he goes down.
0: And of course, that then leads into the jokes where Graham lands in the cave, and you can have the six-second discussion. Yes, yeah, the
2: mismatched dialogue. Yeah, yeah, which is very cleverly. It funny. is.
0: It's very well done. And then there's the usual,
2: I can't see the bottom. I can't see any of him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Again, like, they're quite obvious jokes, mm. but they were really well done.
2: And I think it's almost the first time here, I don't know, if it's heard, but uh, allow me to elucidate. Make you go deaf. Pardon? <laughs>
1: <laughs> they then end up, Graham asking the others to come down so they can explore the cave, which sets up a nice little two-play between Tim and Bill, which we don't see a lot of in the series.
0: No, and of course it allows him to make another loony joke where of course you have the person at base and then you have the person who actually goes down the hole is referred to as the, the loony. The reckless loony, yes, I believe. The reckless, yes. loony.
1: the reckless loony. Bill at this point dressed in that ridiculous bottle po- and costume with the pockets. <laughs> so they, they, they go down. Uh, again, some good physical humour with the, the hammer to get Bill through the hole.
0: Yes, which... Tim, Tim losing his pants <laughs> yes. as he starts yep. to fall into the hole. Uh, yeah,
1: some of those scenes can't have been comfortable to film though. I mean, just, you know, Bill stuck halfway through that, that trap door and then dangling on the edge of the rope, mm. which was, again, very well filmed, given the constrictions, no doubt, of the, the studio they would have filmed it in. And then they arrived down in Goody Hole.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: I assume a reference to Wookiee Hole. Very the much wood so. Beagles.
0: Yeah. Yes, favourite filming location of many BBC sites. Yes, American and, and, and
1: tourist trap over the ages.
0: And, of course, they then discover Graham has been using his time wisely while he's been down in the hole, making a lot of discoveries.
1: Yeah, so they get a whole joke in there about uh, an ancient form of human life they found, you know, where, the, where the skull's too big so it kept falling <laughs> <Yeah>. over <laughs> uh, Constructing the skeleton of the original inhabitants of the cave, com- complete oh. with the dem um, bone sing-along.
0: Yes. yes, the stone tools. The yes.
1: stone tools. <laughs> yeah, all sorts of... Just good fun stuff in there.
0: One joke I didn't get, and I don't know whether either you two, they make a reference there to Lovelace Watkins being the most primitive of men. Now, I know he was a singer and he was quite popular in the UK at the time. I don't know why they refer to him as the most primitive of men, though. Yeah, Maybe I just... they just didn't like him. I've got the yeah. feeling
1: it's it's gone kind of like Rolf Harris. They just didn't like him. That then leads them to discovering the dinosaur, which they go and get trapped inside. Bill, of course, getting to talk... Like an expert about archaeology for a few moments there.
0: Yes, until Tim says what well, he has an O level in archaeology that he very nearly got. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, and they get trapped inside the dinosaur. Interestingly though, that takes them right up until the end of part one. Mm. And again, this is and we've we've said this a few times now in the last few weeks. Another example of how our memory of the way an episode was structured is cheating us because you think of this episode as being basically all inside the dinosaur. They don't get there until the whole second half. No. Mm. But they do, and hilarity ensues. Look, I I must admit, I think there's some incredibly clever stuff inside the dinosaur stomach. The way the sets are made, both the throat set where they're going through and crawling through, then the the actual stomach set as well, really cleverly stuff done, and not expensive with them, and you're right, it is quite cheap, but they're making their pound work.
0: Oh, for sure, and of course, I guess this really is probably the crux, but you've got the three of them trapped in the stomach with nowhere to go, Mm. so of course, and what do they do? They turn on each other.
1: Yeah. But again, some very clever jokes in there. I did like the way they're going through and looking at you know what the Tyrannosaurus' last meals were and they say, you know, saber-toothed tiger. I'm thinking, oh, that wouldn't be accurate. Then cheese and chutney sandwich. And then they pull themselves up on the saber-toothed tiger yeah. <laughs> and then realise the cheese and chutney sandwich
0: <laughs> is the real problem.
1: The real problem. <laughs> so I think, again, you know, really quite clever there. And obviously somebody's done a bit of research with these things or at least, you know, has, has at least read you know a boy's book of dinosaurs or something.
0: Yes, well of course that, that then leads them to make a joke I, I think you probably wouldn't do now, which is uh, where they fine what was his name old cheese and chutney pork the old pot-hauling. potholing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look yeah.
1: I, I must admit i do quite like the gag where they're saying he was a very funny chap wasn't he when they, they pull the women's underpants out of the, the backpack he very, was a funny yeah. chap
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> i think that's quite good but yeah, interestingly enough because you know, very clearly they're about to call on the word starting with p that's right in previous episodes they've, they've used that word quite openly and on this occasion, they stop themselves before going there. I mean, they're very clearly going there. Yes. But they don't actually say the word. Mm. I wonder whether that's because they have been slapped or... Maybe. Just because they think that... the joke's funnier that way. But that, of course, you know, leads them to realise that if he's an expert and he couldn't escape, what chance do they have? We then cut to several months later, where they're eating beans.
0: Well, two of them are eating beans.
1: Two of them beans. are eating beans. <laughs> Bill's got his supply of... Farm animals.
0: Yes, and he brought down the front of his trousers. Yes.
1: On but given the barnyard noises that are coming out of that backpack of his, he's clearly slaughtering, you know, and preparing them and cooking them. Because <laughs> he's not, he hasn't got a whole bunch of roast chickens down there. He's got live animals. No, that's right. Which is an interesting thought to, to put there. I mean, well, clearly it's just there because, you know, the, the audio joke of the farm animals yes. is there. But it does lead you to wonder what he's doing to get them into, you know, the roast chicken state.
0: Yes, I did have another note here, It's probably a little earlier than that, is that uh, when they're going to make their discovery, the land of hope and glory music just comes from nowhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, along along with the fact that you know they've pulled an the entire flagpole out of, Bill, yes, that's out that's of Bill's, Bill's pockets, <laughs> which, which is very clearly just sort of coming from the back of the set. Yes. Yes, but no, look, that's a good, funny joke. Guys, what did you make of the football game? The Fantasy Football League that yeah. started.
2: Well, you could see where it was going, you know, just the Tim getting everything offside, you know, whatever Bill was going to do there. And then Bill just goes hell for leather with, oh, I've got Steve McQueen and Hayley Mills and... Pelt <laughs> Pelt. <Pal-pal-ay. laughs> yeah. Well, a... And if out, you're not obviously... going to take it seriously... <laughs>
0: yes, well, he starts out, obviously, with real international footballers and then, of course, just goes nuts and he has yeah. Yeah, Steve McQueen and whatever. Well, they are their real... The, the teams they really did follow. Tim is a Derby County supporter mm. and, and Bill does follow Chelsea. Yes.
1: Yeah, look, I put this down as being a weaker point in the episode. I think partly because... Uh, look, obviously football isn't, or, or soccer as we would call it, isn't a big deal here. Partly because, let's face it, we don't really know all the references to the 1973 Derby County team.
2: No, except for those that looked it up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, and, and even even when Bill gets going, look, you know, I recognise Pele and a couple of others, and uh, some of the others didn't get there. But I think it's all worth it, the payoff, because well, the, the wonderful build-up when it gets to that line where Tim and... Bill have the exchange. They don't play for Chelsea. They would if they had the chance. So yeah, look, I I thought it was a bit weird, but I allow it for the payoff.
0: I did have a note here. The interplay here between the three leagues, when when you just have the three leagues just playing off each other, this is probably some of the goodie strongest material overall. Yes, Um, and it's really good in this one.
1: And you get to see some of Graham Garden's adaptiveness, the fact that he's made a computer out of a saber-toothed tiger skeleton.
0: <laughs>
1: um, and, you know, again, and this is a, an ongoing trope with Graham, when the others are sort of living in squalor, he's, you know, built himself an armchair and yes. all that sort of thing. And Tim, you know, gets some of those wonderful huffy lines: like, if you want me, I'll be in the spleen. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, of course, then you have Bill's idea of how to get out of the dinosaur is to, to cover themselves in castor oil <laughs> and set a pot <upon> <laughs> just wait for nature to take it. That's course. right.
1: We would have got out there. Oh, yes, we would
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, look, that's quite funny uh, Then they have their new plan of how to get out, which is to shout it's a completely unscientific
0: yeah, plan that, that if you
1: shout into vocal cords, it's going to just
0: Be amplified Yeah,
1: that's right and probably the biggest hole, plot-wise, in the episode. And look, it's a comedy; we don't get too far. But the fact that if they found a nerve that can open the the mouth, the mouth why
0: don't they, just, why don't run they just
1: run out? Not helped by the fact that although Graham does say that it'll only open the mouth a tiny bit, the model work that they have adopting it opens the mouth
0: completely. Completely.
1: But that's okay. We're being we're being picky there, because there is some quite fun as they're playing around with the epiglottis and the the esophagus and the vocal cords and. Again, just having a bit of fun there, um, you know. Even down to the the gag, you know. Have you found the vocal cords? And, you know, he plays them like a harp. Yes. Uh, so that's very good. Any any other, other comments there before we get into the, I guess, oh, the final it's... sequence?
2: No, I think that pretty much wraps up the episode.
1: Yeah. So the final part of the sequence is that all their shouting has woken the dinosaur up, which has obviously only been asleep for sixty-five million years. We won't touch that one. Yes, and then they decide yes, when it yawns, they can all run, run out. out. Mm. And funny as well, Bill gets trapped in the eye. They then work out what the life insurance would be if he gets yes. <laughs> gets to send Get back inside <laughs> the dinosaur. Get back in. And then, you know, suddenly this very difficult to climb tunnel that they all fell through, they can all just get up. Yes, but I guess if you're motivated by waking up Tyrannosaurus Rex, you maybe maybe you could too. as well. <laughs> And it leads to the end, which is the... Look, I think very fun model shot. First of the Tyrannosaurus hand coming through the hole and then the, the, the whole thing just waking up with a... And, and look, that's a wonderful image from I'm my childhood. The office. Yeah, yeah I, I remember visually that idea of you know, the dinosaur with a house on its hand. That, that was just really funny. As a kid, I think it looks fine now. Look, it's a very cheap dinosaur. Yes. And it's a good example of how they felt Tyrannosaurus looked in the 70s versus modern... Well, actually, considering that would have
0: been around the same time that they did uh, the Doctor Who Invasion of the Dinosaurs...
1: Yes, that crossed my mind as well. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. and this actually is a lot better done, I
1: think. <laughs> <laughs> it actually is. That's that's quite scary. It's not that bad at all, really, for 73. Uh, and, you know, look, that brings us to the end. So we've had a whole variety of sequences there that I've just loved every one of them. There's just clever gags, good gags, a few puns, variations, clever sets...
2: What is there he looks like? Not much. It's uh, quite fun throughout all of
0: it. For an episode I, I really didn't have strong memories of at all, I, I really enjoyed watching this.
2: Interestingly
1: to note though, this is one that is relying a little bit more on a more surreal sort of setting. There isn't a lot of cultural reference in there, there isn't a lot of cultural satire in there. It's, it's almost a piece of sketch comedy just sort of dragged out, or, or, or a series of sketches on a theme. Yes. Rather than stuff we've seen like, you know, in recent weeks. Uh, Big Bunny, for instance, which was very much rooted in cultural satire and topical yeah, so satire. You saw
0: the Hospital episode, which is obviously a potshot of the NHS. So. Yeah,
1: this is a very different type of humour, well, and, and good for it.
2: Potholing was starting to take off almost as a uh, hobby. As a sport, yeah. yeah. So, uh... Oh, look,
1: it, it's certainly... The inspiration from it has come yeah. from the headlines. But these last few episodes show that variety in the goodies, that you can go from something like Big Bunny, which is satirising, pop culture hospital for hire which is satirizing you know real the real world down to this which is really just, just a fantasy i mean you know it's a sleeping dinosaur underneath london let's just yeah, let's say be yeah, let's yeah. be honest you know it's, it's ridiculous but it's wonderful humor so with that if there are no other comments we'll move on to our segments. so gentlemen we have two ads
2: we do Yes, the first one was uh one for Stone's Liniment, which was the archer is there and he's drawing back his bow and he's, he you can hear the creaking as if the bow, the stretching. wood was stretching. Yeah, and then he moves his arm back again and you he can hear it creak back and he tries it again, and then you find out it's actually his body that's making the creaking because he puts down his bow and he starts walking off and he, every step is a creak. Stone's Liniment, So Yeah, that that was look,
1: that, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, but that but that was fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's just yeah. one of their ads. The second one is probably a little bit more controversial. Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh,
1: if, if only with hindsight. Um, Richard, do you want to explain this one?
0: Well, this this is of course an ad for Bristow gravy. Bisto. Yes, which is quite close because there is a, a product called Bisto yes. gravy. And and the ad, the original ads were very much like this. They were it was a the spouse or a family member of a celebrity who was making dinner with. Bisto gravy for when the celebrity got home. Now this one, of course, is a version. Here is, of course, it's Rolf Harris's granny, mm. and of course, Rolf is in there drawing a nice mural on her, on her on her wall, painting everything in sight. Yes, and of course, then she gives him his dinner, and the Bisto is poisoned. Bisto gravy gets rid of Rolf Harris's fast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so yeah, look, that's that's quite a fun one. Trope's and firsts. Well we've mentioned that Land of Hope and Glory gets piped in. Yes,
0: yeah, just from nowhere. From nowhere.
1: It's the first three
0: hander. So yes, that's it, it is. This is the first elevator episode or whatever you want to
1: call it. So we probably should explore that because we've talked over the last few weeks about the decline in influence of the regular guest star. Yes. And here we have the first time where there's literally no one. There's no extras, there's no cameos, it's just, nothing, the, three it's just them, right? the three of them. And and this becomes a lot more prevalent no. as it goes on. Yes. And it really is just about, as you said, Richard, their interaction. Mm. So that's
2: that's an important first, I think we, we, we should talk about. Tommy, another. So, uh, well, it's probably the first death of them all, because by rights, once the dinosaur got up to the top, they weren't going to live through that.
0: Yes, yeah, so the implication is clearly that they're killed. And of course, mm. I suppose it ties into I, that I, idea I, of them being a live action cartoon, where yeah. that they'll be back next week. I, yeah. I,
2: I hadn't
1: thought of it that way. I'm a little bit sad now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then, of course, there's the whole thing about how they dealt with the dinosaur, that clearly they're yeah well, well yes
2: Tracing through london
0: how did we get rid of that bristro uh.
2: <laughs> and interestingly
1: given their model shot obviously their house is somewhere near the albert hall yes
0: yeah, so they've clearly gone back into london
1: which would put it roughly where about where the museum of natural history is right. just as whether that's deliberate or not i don't <laughs> know
2: but... surely the house is in cricklewood
1: well and i had that as a trope as well we get another mention of cricklewood so that's important there anything for what couldn't they get away with today you had the mammoth foot umbrella stand
0: back? Yeah, yeah I, was, I,
1: I think you could get away with that because it's a mammoth, not an elephant. But I, no, I, that's it's actually, sick. I think, the same prop. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've called it the mammoth foot Yes, umbrella
0: stand down there. The joke about the potholing yes. gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's one that wasn't edited here, apparently, according to my notes. So mm.
1: Yeah, look, I actually think it was fairly tame in that respect.
0: I think so. Really, as you said, there really isn't anybody to, to sort of make fun of other than obviously the Ralph Harris joke
1: in the ad. No, and again, it's an episode about them trapped inside a sleeping dinosaur. So. Yeah,
0: so there's not really any satire or room for
1: that sort of stuff. So. No. Mm. Which brings us to our favourite gags. Tom, do you want
2: to tell us what yours was?
0: Oh, look, I didn't have anything
2: stand out spectacular, but I think I just enjoyed the, the interchange of the dialogue up and down the hole, which is, throw me down my old suit. Oh, and a couple of donuts. And goes, yes. do you want anything to eat? Grab me down my old suit. suit. Yeah, goes, and and anything to there? wear? Oh, oh a, couple a couple of donuts. Of donuts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was probably...
1: It's a very clever sequence, yeah. that one. Uh, look, I, I certainly could have had that, but the line I went for, and again, it's partly down to the way that Graham and Tim play it, is after Bill's made a bit of a fool and done the whole comedy dialogue into the vocal cords of the dinosaur. And Graham says, At least they'll know we need help and Tim says, They'll certainly know that he does
0: Although <laughs> <laughs> we've all said it was really quite a funny episode, I didn't really have a really any big standout stuff for this one either. I might actually pick the I'm mean, into Neolithic
1: man. Is that legal? <laughs>
0: I'll pick that
1: joke, i Yeah, look, that's a very clever joke. I wonder how many people that went over the head of on the first broadcast. <laughs> and it's only because of the wonders of modern technology letting us watch it again and again and again. Well, thanks
0: to the ABC, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, That's right, well, that we that's... actually
1: get to appreciate this. So yeah, an episode we've all enjoyed. And I think in you know, a run of episodes we're all enjoying.
0: I think so. As we said right at the start of the season in Camelot, this, we are now getting into the point where the goodies really have hit the big time. This is their, season five is probably their peak, I would think, yeah. but this certainly is near yeah, the peak. peak of the mountain. Yeah, This is the start of their rise.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're really getting into some good stuff here and I think we're all enjoying it, which is good because we're just off halfway through this podcast. A few more weeks, depending on how we finish up. But, yeah, we're getting close to halfway. But that's all we have for this week. Next week, we'll be back with Goodies in the Nick.
0: And until then, you may take a walk in the Black Forest. You get dressed, haven't I? Yes. And
1: I happen to know that you tuck your shirt inside your underpants. (laughs) You do? Only in the winter.